Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Everybody get a seat, something to drink in your munchies. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, as always, I have lots of news to get to. Nearly 600 jobs will be lost as Stevens Tanker Division closes down for good. Dallas, Texas-based trucking company will be laying off hundreds of workers as they permanently cease operations in their tanker division. Stevens Tanker Division, which is a part of Stevens Transport, will permanently cease all business operations on or before October 15th, according to documents that were submitted to the Texas Workforce Commission. All of the division's employees are being laid off permanently. The layoffs will impact 586 employees across the state of Texas. The largest job loss is at the Stockdale location where 376 people are employed. 71 workers are being laid off at the Dallas headquarters. Dozens of workers at the Pleasanton, Bryan, Bridgeport, Crescent, Dilly, Walder, and Asherton sites are also impacted by the layoffs. In a letter issued to employees by the Tanker Division, Vice President Scott Melman, on September 27th, the company explains the reason for the sudden closure. As we all know, the oil and gas industry is volatile and the commodity we help bring to market has steep rises and falls as to its value. Since December of 2018, the oil and gas industry has seen a steep decline in drilling and completions activity. The general decline in the industry has taken a terrible toll on Stevens Tanker Division. Despite your great sacrifice and commitment, it is with deep regret that I must notify you that Stevens Tanker Division will cease all operations on Tuesday, October 15th. This will be a permanent closure of all Stevens Tanker Division businesses in all locations and in all divisions. The final decision to close was a result of unforeseen business developments over which Stevens Tanker Division had no control, including a 65% reduction in sand orders starting on September 20th of 2019 and continual loss of production of water due to customers' increased use of piping. The expected date for sand driver separation will be October 15, 2019, but it could be earlier due to business volume. Stephen Tanker Division thanks you for your dedication and hard work over the seven years it has been in business. So that's sad to hear that that part of Stevens Transport putting those uh, workers out of business. I mean, we've seen it. If you listen to my show and are an avid listener, we've seen company after trucking company closing their doors here this in the last six eight months now another news a mom is charged with murder after quote intentionally driving in front of a semi killing her daughter ohio police say that they have issued multiple charges against a woman who allegedly used a semi truck to kill her own daughter Police in Mentor, Ohio, say that 37-year-old Kia Ferguson was arrested last week and charged with multiple felony charges including aggravated homicide, attempted homicide, attempted aggravated homicide, felonious assault, and endangering children after she was indicted by Lake County Grand Jury. The charges follow a nine-month investigation into a crash that occurred January of this year on I-90 in Mentor, Ohio. The two-vehicle crash involved a UPS truck and Ferguson's car it caused the car to skid down an embankment. The crash killed Ferguson's 10-year-old daughter and critically injured her 6-year-old son. Ferguson was also critically hurt in the crash. The semi-truck driver was uninjured. 
In a press release, Mentor City officials wrote that during the course of the investigation, quote, it became clear that Ms. Ferguson intentionally drove in front of the semi-truck, end quote. Ferguson, excuse me, is reportedly out of custody on bond, but is not allowed to drive or have contact with her son. She is being monitored by a GPS device. Ferguson is due back in court on October 23rd, and I will try my hardest to see what goes on with this court date, which will be uh, the week after airing of the show. Now, I, in other news, an October storm to dump multiple feet of snow and impede traffic on major interstates. An October snowstorm is looming the week of the 8th in the Rockies and Northern Plains and it could cause travel problems for many drivers. The snow is expected to start falling on Tuesday in Washington State as well as the northeastern parts of Montana and Idaho again, spreading to parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana and Wyoming by Wednesday, then reach Colorado and Nebraska by Thursday. The snow could continue into Sunday in parts of the Dakotas, Michigan, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Snow accumulations of two or even three feet were possible in some northern areas. Um, AccuWeather said that the storm could have major impacts on major U.S. highways can be adversely affected by the storm, include Interstate 15, I-25, I-80, I-90, I-94, as well as Canadian Highways 1, 2, and 3. As of Tuesday afternoon, snow had already started to fall in Washington State, causing travel trouble for trucks on Stevens Pass. Snoqualmie Pass had already seen snowfall as well, um, and it's not the first snow of the season, Remember back in late September, there was a major snowstorm that left snow accumulations of four feet in some areas and prompted the Montana governor to declare a state of emergency. Now, I could say from personal experience that I, and the show was late this week because I was up visiting family last weekend and it took me a while to prep for the show. And northern parts of Wisconsin did see up to two inches of snow. And cars were already sliding in the ditch because the bridges, as they say, are snow-covered and slippery. They're the first things to freeze, people. So be forewarned, any of you new drivers, uh, semi-truck drivers listening to the show, that bridges always freeze first. Just let off the throttle, let off the foot feed, and just coast, coast across it. Don't be slamming on the brakes or nothing. Don't be getting scared. The road may be dry, but all of a sudden you come up to the bridge and it looks wet, but it could be black ice or anything like that. So just let off the foot feed, you know, just roll across it and keep then go ahead and press down on the foot feed after all of your vehicle clears the bridge, not just your truck. Make sure the trailer cleared it as well because you could have a jackknife situation if you don't. So slow down and take it easy. And in other news, Indiana Town bucks the trend by voting down truck banning, uh, truck parking ban, excuse me. This story was reported on October 8th. Several truckers appeared at a council meeting to argue for their right to park in their own driveways, and they won. While a growing number of cities are choosing to restrict truck parking in residential and commercial areas, an Indiana town recently voted against a proposed ordinance that would have prevented truckers from parking in their own driveways. City officials in Richmond, Indiana, voted 8-1 to one against a proposal that it would have banned residential truck parking during a Monday, October 7th meeting. The failed ordinance would have prevented the parking of any commercial vehicle longer than 12 feet in a residential driveway. Current city code in Richmond forbids residential street parking for semi-trucks. Several truck drivers, including localman Jeff Hargis, stood up to oppose the ordinance. Hargis told the council that, quote, I've spoken with my neighbors. I've been parking my truck there for five years. Nobody has had any complaints, end quote. The ruling against the driveway parking ban comes as something of a surprise after the Richmond Advisory Plan Commission recommended that the ordinance should be passed during a September 26th meeting. Richmond Common Council member Bruce Whistle, W-I-S-S-E-L, asked for ordinance to be written and was the only person who voted in favor on Monday. He had previously argued that truck drivers could park at local business like Walmart or truck stops. No, they can't because we're getting kicked out of Walmart too. Thank you very much. However, one individual at the meeting pointed out to council members that he had contacted local Walmart and was told 
told that they would tow his truck if he parked in their lot overnight. See what I mean? That person also pointed out that forcing truckers out of their own driveways and into truck stops would mean fewer parking places for out-of-town truck drivers. Another truck driver told the council members that he felt harassed. He addressed the council complaints about the noise caused by residential truck parking. Quote, I have neighbors whose vehicles are louder than mine. I have neighbors whose vehicles look worse than mine. And they have every right to park their vehicles in the driveway. So should I, end quote. Richmond's ultimate trucker-friendly decision has not been the norm in recent months. Several cities and counties, including Milton, Wisconsin, Joliet, Illinois, Ozark, Missouri, and Lee County, Florida have all passed various forms of truck parking bans so far in 2019. Doesn't make it right. And I'm sad to say that someone else has died in a truck-related accident. This man dies after being pinned by a truck that's backing into a loading dock. Police say that the man, quote, was in the bushes near the store when the accident occurred. Seattle police say that a man lost his life on October 8th during an accident at a loading dock at a Goodwill store. The incident happened around 10.30 in the morning on Tuesday, October 8th at a Goodwill store located in Seattle. Police say that their early investigation indicates that a delivery truck driver was backing into the loading dock when he struck a man who was reportedly in the bushes near the building. The man was pinned between the truck's trailer and the east wall of the Goodwill building. Goodwill employees called for help and firefighters were able to extract him. He was taken to the hospital where he later died from his injuries. Police say that the man was not a Goodwill employee. It isn't clear why he was in the bushes near the building. Well, he was homeless. Investigators do not believe that drugs or alcohol were a factor and the truck is being inspected for mechanical defects, which is that's the norm. The incident is still under investigation. A man was caught clinging to a moving semi-truck in a video that went viral. And it happened to be, uh, he was trying to hitch a ride on the back of a prime truck. A motorist recorded and shared an unusual event that she spotted on a Portland highway. The video clip was shared on Facebook, of course, on Tuesday, October 8th. She wrote, at 1 a.m. this morning, ignore my ignorant comments and laugh, but I swear I can't make up this. <clears throat> All jokes aside, I really hope he got off okay, though the video had been viewed more than 190 times in a day. You can look at the video below. Man was on the ICC bumper. He even looks like he's wearing what's called Mickey Mouse ears, the earphones, and hanging on to the door and the hinge part of a prime trailer while he's going down the interstate. Uh, yeah, I hope he doesn't slip and fall because he'll be crushed. So, you know, I, all fun and aside, you, he really could have gotten injured. But that's a hell of a way to hitch a ride. Um, that This picture will also be in, on my page under Julius Truckett Cafe of stupid things that drivers do. And I should put down and people. But anyway. All right, in other news, Illinois Interstate closed for a police standoff. Illinois transportation officials closed both directions of a major interstate for heavy police presence involving a standoff. It was near Rock Falls on Interstate 88. They closed it both directions and they were being, they were being diverted off of US 30. Police say that a person barricaded themselves inside their vehicle. A SWAT team and multiple law enforcement agencies were on the scene. Uh, the incident re resulted in heavy traffic delays and they were routing vehicles off of Interstate 88 onto Highway 30. That's all I know for now on that story. And a trucker sues BNSF Railroad over a collision with uncontrolled rail cars, quote, barreling down the tracks. A Kansas trucker has filed suit against BNSF Railway for a collision that reportedly left him seriously injured. Owner-operator Brandon Bunnell of Bunnell Trucking filed suit against BNSF in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Missouri on October 3rd for more than $75,000. 
The lawsuit stems from an April 5, 2018 incident that occurred in Greenfield, Missouri about 10 o'clock at night. According to the suit, Bonnell had just unloaded at Pen Pack 2 grain elevator and approached a railroad crossing that he said was unmarked on Park Street. Bunnell said that he stopped, he looked both ways, before attempting to cross the railroad tracks. It was at that time, according to the lawsuit, two uncontrolled rail cars came barreling down the tracks in a northbound direction. Bunnell said that the rail car struck the passenger side of his truck, quote, suddenly and without warning, end quote. The suit claims that the collision caused Bunnell serious injuries and caused extensive damage to his truck. The lawsuit accuses BNSF workers of negligence and suggests that the brakes of the rail cars were not set properly or the brakes malfunctioned. The suit also says that stop signs and, quote, private railroad crossing signs were placed at the railroad crossing sometime after that crash. Lovely. So now in this story, runaway truck tires cause havoc on a Mississippi interstate. A camera caught movement that runaway tires bounced over the median and struck multiple vehicles in Mississippi on Monday, October 7th. The incident occurred on I-55 near Ridgeland. That's just south of Jackson. The local news reports that the truck lost the tires was southbound on I-55 around 5.30 at night. The tires bounced across the median into the northbound lanes where they struck three vehicles. One person suffered minor injuries from cuts from broken glass. The truck driver later told police that he didn't know he lost the tires. And you can watch the video below. Apparently, they didn't have them secured properly on the truck or trailer. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or a receiver's and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end, am I right? Especially produce coolers and paper mills. That's why you need to be prepared with extra food in your truck. Now, bad weather is coming in. With all the snow and everything up in the higher elevations, it's not going to be long before it's making its way all the way across the U.S. My Patriot Supply helps you stay prepared. Now, it's not what you're thinking. My Patriot Supply is delicious emergency food. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. They come in a slimline tote that you can easily store in your food pantry or under your bunk. I can speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina, and for those people now that were dealing with Hurricane Dorian, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would have damn sure had those stocked in my closet. If it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. There, I had four 60-foot pine trees break in half during that storm and land across my driveway and landlocked me in. So I couldn't get out and go for food. Just recently, my brother and sister-in-law went through a devastating tornado. And they were without power for a week. My Patriot Emergency Food Supply would have came in handy. Now for a limited time, you could get a one-week supply of food in a handy and neat-looking ammo can for just $39. They even offer gluten-free food for under $100. All you need to do is go to my website at juliastruckingcafe.com and along the toolbar up on top, click on Emergency Food Supply tab. You can scroll down and click on any of the images to find out more information. You insure your car. You buy health insurance, vision and dental insurance. Why not buy food insurance? You need to stay prepared for anything that happens. And they're delicious. I got some myself right here in my bunk, underneath my bunk. I got the little ammo can just to have something in case I'm somewhere and I need to get something to eat. And I've been waiting for hours to get unloaded. So there again, get yourself prepared today. Go to juliastruckatcafe.com and click on the emergency food supply tab and get your order your My Patriot food supply today. Now let's get back to the news. A semi crashes after a car runs a red light spilling beer in a church parking lot. And there isn't much left of that truck either. In Utah, police say that a semi truck hauling a load of beer crashed in a church parking lot. Happened Thursday, October 10th in Sandy, Utah. Police say that the crash occurred because Toyota Tundra driver ran a red light 
forcing the truck driver hauling the beer to swerve. The two vehicles collided and the semi-truck crashed into a retaining wall and then rolled over, dropping approximately 25 feet into a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints parking lot where it spilled the load of beer out. They report that the truck driver had to be extracted from the vehicle and was transported to the hospital with serious injuries. The Toyota Tundra driver was apparently uninjured. And this may be good news, this may be bad news, but FMCSA boss, not the boss, but the second one in command. It says boss here, but it's not right. It's the second one in command because the Secretary of Transportation is the boss to step down by the end of October. A little over a year after taking the reins at the FMCSA, Administrator Raymond P. Martinez will be stepping down. On October 10th, the U.S. Department of Transportation announced that Martinez will be leaving his position as FMCSA Administrator effective the end of the month. Martinez says that he is stepping down so that he can spend more time with his family. He will remain with the DOT and will begin work overseeing a DOT construction project at Volt Center. Quote, we are grateful for Martinez's service and glad that he will keep serving the department in this capacity while also meeting his long-held wishes to be located closer to his family, end quote, a DOT press release stated. Until the Trump administration selects a new FMCSA administrator, Chief Counsel Jim Mullen is expected to fill in an interim role. Martinez was sworn in as FMCSA Administrator in February of 2018. While in office, he prioritized making changes to the hours of service regs. Prior to serving as a sixth administrator for the FMCSA, Martinez spent eight years as a New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commissioner Chairman and Chief Administrator. And the hours of service regs still haven't been fixed. But anyway, now... Here is some patriotism that I'm sure all the veterans on my show, that listen to my show, will greatly appreciate. A Nevada state trooper goes above and beyond after spotting a flag abandoned on a busy interstate. Nevada Highway Patrol trooper took action after spotting an American flag lying on the shoulder of a busy interstate. On October 3rd, Nevada Highway Patrol shared a dash cam video of how one of their troopers acted in honor of the discarded flag. They wrote, and I quote, Yesterday, Las Vegas, a trooper was northbound on Interstate 15 near Sahara when something in the left shoulder caught his eye. He circled back around and found an American flag on the side of the road. The trooper, who was also a military veteran, collected the flag and immediately brought it to the Stars and Stripes to the local American Legion Lodge. The American Legion took possession of the flag. They hold proper flag retirement ceremonies about every six months. And you can take a look at the video in this article that'll be in the show notes. And in other news, self-driving truck company wants to test the toughest winter conditions in Minnesota. Look out all you Minnesota drivers, they're coming. A California-based self-driving truck startup is partnering with the Minnesota DOT to test out how their trucks will perform during harsh winter weather conditions. On October 8th, self-driving truck tech company Plus.ai announced its partnership with Minnesota DOT as part of their plan to test in the toughest winter conditions. As a part of the partnership, PLUS will be testing their autonomous truck technology on Minnesota DOT's Minnesota Road cold weather pavement testing facility. Oh, phew. Well, at least they won't be out on the interstates, thank goodness. According to a news release about the partnership, quote, testing will allow PLUS to better understand how winter conditions affect the movement of its trucks. Winter conditions are tough to handle for all vehicles, and snow is particularly challenging for trucks, you think, which can weigh up to 80,000 pounds. Duh. The testing will begin with mapping the Minnesota Road closed test track, followed by rigorous performance testing of Plus AI's self-driving trucks, end quote. The test will feature the use of Level 4 autonomous technology, and a human driver will remain inside the truck during the testing process. Plus.ai co-founder Sean Kerrigan says that the testing is meant to help 
adapt the technology to help it safely operate in extreme weather conditions. Quote, commercializing plus.ai self-driving trucks requires preparing them to drive in all climates, including the toughest winter road conditions that Minnesota experiences. We are thrilled with this public-private partnership with the Minnesota DOT to test and harden our autonomous trucks for extreme weather as well as to support public policy and infrastructure considerations that paved the way for self-driving trucks, end quote, Kerrigan said. Kristen White, Executive Director of Minnesota DOT Office of Connected and Automated Vehicles, says that partnership is also about learning how to share data. As automation and emerging transportation technology evolve, the Minnesota DOT understands how critical it is to collaboratively share information and expertise with partners like Plus.ai. Learning how these vehicles operate in winter weather helps Minnesota advance safety, innovation for everyone in the transportation system, end quote. Yeah, that's like a canned message. Plus.ai was founded in 2016 and has headquarters in Silicon Valley with research and development offices in China. You can check out the video of the Plus.ai driverless truck road test on a snow-free California roadway in the article below. Now, this is a shout-out to one of my listeners, Mike, from Twitter, who is following the autonomous trucks and um, assured me that the trucks would probably only go from point A to point B. Um, yeah, my there, Mike. Got a tendency of arguing with you just a little bit. Uh, they're coming, and they're coming quick. So, in other news, California wildfire shuts down major roadways and. This happened Thursday, October 10th. Raging wildfires in California have caused the closure of major roadways, forced evacuation orders, and left residents without power for days. On Thursday night, a wildfire dubbed the Saddle Ridge Fire broke out in L.A. By Friday morning, the fire spread to 4,600 acres and forced the closures of several major roadways. According to a news release from Ventura County Sheriff's Office issued Friday morning, those following roads were shut down. I-5, I-210, State Route 14, and the 405. Residents in Santa Clarita Valley and travelers on the southbound I-5 will be diverted to State Route 126. I hope everybody who was in California got out of there okay. Now, in other news... A DOT inspector admits to fraud using sensitive information to secretly help his own trucking company. And I have lots of news to get to. I'm sorry I'm playing catch-up. It's just been a hectic week. This week I've done, um, which I'm recording this on the 18th, um, I've done 2,200 miles in four days, and I'm about whooped. The um, appointment I was supposed to have this morning, um, yeah, nobody told me that it was actually at 8 o'clock tonight instead. So, there, I got time to catch you guys up on all the news. Again, I, my apologies. Investigators say that this uh, DOT inspector accessed driver vehicle examination reports with sensitive information from state and federal databases to help his own trucking company. A New York State DOT motor carrier inspector has pled guilty after he was accused of workman's compensation fraud, along with using his access to sensitive driver information to gain a competitive advantage for his own trucking company that he was operating on the side. October 10th, Nicolo Mormile, M-O-R-M-I-L-E, 39, pled guilty to a charge of attempted false filing of an instrument in Suffolk County District Court. Investigators say that Mormile began engaging in, quote, a serious series of illegal and improper practices, can I talk, end quote, while operating as a motor carrier investigator for the New York State DOT, starting in July of 2016. Then, he reportedly claimed that he fell at work and falsely said that he was unable to work due to an injury. Between 2016 and 2017, he collected $28,580 in workman's comp benefits, 
While collecting those benefits, the Inspector General says that he's secretly running a private trucking company, CNC Trucking, with a vehicle that repeatedly had violations during DOT inspections. He earned more than $125,000 from this clandestine business during the year he claimed he could not work. During this time and through March of 2018, he allegedly accessed driver vehicle examination reports with sensitive information from state and federal databases and provided it to private trucking consultant who used the information to gain a competitive advantage over other trucking companies and that the consultant, him and the consultant later married, end quote. He was then suspended from his job as a DOT motor carrier inspector in December of 2018, quote, this investigator who we trusted to ensure vehicles are safe for New York daily use, instead engaged in multiple levels of fraud and deceit, end quote. He claimed injury and began collecting workman's comp benefits and then abused the system by operating his own unsafe trucking company and accessing sensitive information to gain a competitive edge. New Yorkers have no tolerance for such illegal conduct and now he will pay the consequences for his repeated wrongdoings, end quote. He was ordered to pay full restitution of the $28,580 and to resign from state service. He's due back in court December 18, 2019. And a Louisiana trucking company deploys pink trucks to battle breast cancer. And get this, two guys are driving them. A Louisiana-based trucking company <coughs> is honoring October as Breast Cancer Awareness Month with pink semi-trucks and a plan to raise money for the cause. So this month, John and John Trucking debuted their new fleet of head-turning pink tractors as part of the company's Awareness Always campaign to raise funds for the National Breast Cancer Foundation, Inc. As a part of the Awareness Always effort, two company drivers will be turning their miles logged into life-saving dollars for fighting breast cancer. John and John is pledged to donate five cents for every mile driven throughout the month of October to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. The collected funds will help the organization provide research and screen services to battle breast cancer. Breast cancer excuse me. Now, a trucker's terrifying near-miss with a pedestrian is caught on a dash cam. A pedestrian walking on the interstate had a close call with a semi-truck in this dash cam video. The incident reportedly was captured on dash cam on I-90 in Bozeman, Montana. In the video, a pedestrian appears seemingly out of nowhere in the semi-truck's lane of travel. Fortunately, the pedestrian sees the truck and sprints out of the way unharmed, but you can bet they gave the driver a scare that he won't soon forget. And there again, you can take a look at the video below. And most of the news that I get is from CDL Life. Um, for any of you new listeners, I post all of the links to the articles on a separate page called Show Notes. And just look for the title and match the title. It'll say links to this episode. And I usually throw a date in there. And also, if they're really goofy, then I'll put them on my other page as well of stupid things that drivers do. Don't forget to check out our page of Cooking in Your Truck where I share recipes. And I also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And I have a how-to page for Cooking in Your Truck where I have all of the videos, cooking videos posted. Also, I have them on the bottom of the recipes. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the news. I'm trying to give you a little bit break from the news for a minute because I have a lot, still a lot more to go. List ranks top 10 biggest worries in trucking for 2019. The ATRI, American Transportation Research Institute, has released its annual list of the top critical issues facing the trucking industry. It was compiled using more than 2,000 survey responses from both motor carriers and commercial vehicle drivers. You know, they come out with all of these surveys and all of these polls and all this kind of stuff. I never see any. They never send any to me. I mean, shoot, I have, what now, 4,500 likes on Facebook? Thank you very much. I never see any of these polls or any of these surveys. While hours of service concerns and driver shortage worries remain at the top of the list for consecutive years, Two new trucking issues appear on the ATRI's list for the first time ever. Driver compensation and detention delay at customer facilities. So uh, the top 10 will go from the 10th to the number 1, like I normally do. These rankings are uh, in this list. Number 10 
economy. According to ATRI, several factors including a softer freight economy, a trade war with China, and drone strikes at Saudi Arabia oil facilities have truckers concerned about the health of the U.S. economy could impact trucking. Number nine, transportation infrastructure congesting funding. Simply put, bad roads make life harder for truckers. The ATRI says that, quote, poorly maintained roads and traffic congestion create wear and tear on vehicles, waste fuel and increase emissions, create additional stress for drivers, and negatively impact industry productivity, end quote. Number eight, compliance, safety, and accountability, or otherwise known as CSA. Concerns over CSA fell from number six in 2018 to number eight in the 2019 rankings. And you may hear my reefer in the background. There again, I had such a nice day here in Connecticut that I have the windows down with the screens in. So I apologize for the noise. But see, now you know that I honestly do record this out of my truck and not in some closet somewhere. Let's get back to the list. Number seven, the electronic logging device mandate. This was number one critical issue in 2016, but has steadily slid down the ranking since. The issue still tops the top 10 list as December is deadline for fleets to transition from grandfathered AOBRD devices to FMCSA-approved ELDs. Number six, driver retention. A softer freight market in 2019 led to less driver turnover, so driver retention dropped from number three on the list in 2018 to number six on this year's list. Number five, truck parking. Long-standing problem in the trucking industry, quote, creates a dangerous and costly dilemma for truck drivers who are often forced to drive beyond allowable hours of service rules or park in undesignated and, in many cases, unsafe locations, end quote. Like the side of the interstate with their flashers on? I mean, really? Do you guys honestly realize how doggone unsafe that is? Number four, detention, delay, in customer facilities. This marks the first time that this critical concern has ever been made at ATRI's top 10 list. The ATRI references a previous study that showed that driver detention of six or more hours increased by 27.4% between 2014 and 2018. Number three, driver compensation. This is the first time in the history of the survey that driver compensation has appeared on the list. ATRI points out that fleets have significantly increased driver pay, but that many drivers still feel that their pay is not keeping up with inflation. Number two, hours of service. Those regs stayed at number two spot in the rankings for the second year in a row. This is no surprise. In a year during which the FMCSA debuted a long-awaited advance notice of proposed rulemaking that could alter controversial requirements like the 30-minute rest break and the split sleeper berth provision. Number one, driver shortage. And there isn't any. While many groups like OIDA said that the perceived driver shortage is really a driver retention and pay problem, the issue nonetheless reached the top of the ATR rankings for the third year in a row. The ATRI says that despite a somewhat softer freight market in 2019, that's their excuse apparently, over 2018, demand for qualified drivers is still high, and fleets are undertaking a number of approaches to mitigate the recruiting challenges. Quote, while in 2018 was an incredible year for trucking, we've seen some changes in 2019, and certainly finding and retaining qualified drivers remained at the top of the list for our industry, said Barry Pottle, ATA chairman and president of CEO of Pottle's Transportation. Barry, what the pfft do you know? Really? Why don't you start paying more and maybe you won't have a problem with retaining qualified drivers? Why don't you pay them what they're worth, Mr. Barry? I digress. ATRI's analysis reveals that interconnectedness of these top issues and provides a roadmap for how motor carriers and professional drivers believe we should move forward as an industry, end quote. You can click at the link in this article for more information on the survey results. I think that's about enough of those. And one of the meanest looking trucks on the road. See, this is CDL Life. This doesn't have nothing else to report on, even though I have like a buku load of news. Um, They have to report on a scary looking truck that just made the Super Trucks limited edition card for the cat collection. Cards for the cat scales. 
one of the most recognizable trucks out there will be featured on a cat scale card. New Jersey-based trucker Ira Forbes in his custom semi-truck Wicked Intent is one of the most easily recognizable figures out on the road. That's funny. I've never seen that truck out there either. And now he's going to appear on a new cat scale card. Forbes shared a preview of what the cat scale car will look like on his Facebook page at October 11th. If you never had the chance to see Wicked Intent out in the wild, you could check out a quick walk around video. To learn more about the creepy custom truck, follow Wicked Intent on Facebook. Also, um, my little radio show is now on Pandora. And Pandora is also now on Cirrus XM on Channel 3. So if you have Pandora, you could find me there. And back to the news. An SUV driver is okay after a crazy crash with a log truck. Yeah, can we call it following too close? Looks like he hooked up with a log truck and was going to get a tow. Georgia police say that a motorist miraculously suffered no injuries after a freak accident with a log truck. And this happened last week, Friday, in Whitfield County, Georgia. The logs went straight through the guy's windshield, and I'm surprised he didn't decapitate him, according to the pictures. Though the cause of the crash remains under investigation, of course. Can we say inattentive driving? Images from the scene show logs penetrating through the windshield, like I said, through and through the back of the SUV. I mean, he wasn't paying attention. These logs are really hanging out there. They always have a red flag. And if you're daydreaming or something, yes, they will go right through your damn car. Whitfield County Fire Department said that the car driver required major extraction, but that he suffered only minor injuries. He's lucky he still got his head on his shoulders. And in other news, more than 3,600 Mack truck workers went on strike in three states. Thousands of Mack trucks employees in three states are currently on strike for fair pay and benefits. The strike began on Saturday at six Mack truck plants in Florida, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. More than 3,600 employees throughout those three states are participating in the strike. According to United Auto Workers, the workers are striking to resolve a number of employment issues, including wage increases, job security, COLA, wage progression, skilled trades, shift premium, holiday schedules, work schedules, health and safety, seniority, pension, 401k, health care, prescription drug coverage, pretty much everything overtime, subcontracting, and temporary supplemental workers. Quote, the last four years we have helped Mack Truck make significant profit through our work, said Doug Irvine, president of Local 2301 and president of the Mack Truck Council. Quote, all we are asking is that the company treat us with dignity and respect we deserve in making them successful. Yeah, you're going to piss them off and they're going to go to China or someplace else like everybody else did. Mack Trucks issued a statement on strike noting that they are surprised and disappointed that United Auto Workers decided to strike rather than to allow our employees to keep building trucks and engines while the parties continue to negotiate. The positive working relationship between the United Auto Workers leadership and management at our facilities was clearly in evidence throughout the negotiations and progress was being made. Mack Trucks is a subsidiary of Swedish-owned Volvo. The strike comes as more than 4,600 United Auto Workers continued a nationwide General Motors strike that began September 16th. So, they migrated from General Motors into Mack Trucks. Shortly after the strike began, you can bet your sweet bippy that the price of trucks are going to be going up. United Auto Worker members accused a truck driver of hitting multiple people at a picket line in Michigan. This is the first time that Mack truck workers have gone on strike since 1984, when more than 9,000 workers went on strike for little over a week. And caught on camera, a semi-truck swerves at an SUV in an incident. The woman filming the incident said, This man is driving so recklessly that there's no doubt he's going to kill someone today. A truck driver is caught on camera swerving into an SUV lane and nearly sideswiping the vehicle. Yeah, but that's okay if they brake check us and everything. But I did have somebody almost run me off the road this morning at the time of this recording. Video of the incident was captured and shared, of course, by Facebook. Dickinson Plant described the incident. I'm still shaking. I cannot even believe what I just witnessed. I get on Route 80 and there's not a car behind me in the highway, which is rare. Next thing I know, I look in my rearview mirror and this yellow truck is coming up in me doing at least 90. 
I'll pull over to the right lane and he passed me. Then he speeds up to the next car in front of him and he starts literally trying to drive the guy into the guardrail. Then off of the road, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. This man is driving so recklessly that there's no doubt he's going to kill somebody today. He actually threw what looked like his pee jug out the window at this white SUV. I got his tag and company name. I don't like to mess with people's livelihood, but this guy should not be on the road. My God! It isn't clear what happened after, and I'm doing that voice on purpose. It isn't clear what happened before Dickinson Plant started recording that led up to the truck swerving at the SUV. But you can view her video below. I'm not going to view it because I'm not going to give the woman clicks. Thank you very much. So, the rest of the news... We are going to save for a, get all caught up, and we'll save for next week, because this is running hmm, kind of, sort of, a little bit long. Okay, may, you talked me into it. Maybe one more. A woman and three kids were killed in a wrong-way collision with a semi-truck. Tennessee police are investigating after a woman drove the wrong way along an interstate and caused a crash that killed four. The crash occurred on Sunday, October 13th in Collierville, Tennessee. The Tennessee Highway Patrol says that 34-year-old motorist Latricia Taylor was traveling north on southbound lanes of I-269 near Highway 57 with three children in her vehicle when the crash occurred. Police say that as Taylor approached a semi-truck driven by Kaylee Smith, Smith swerved into the other lane to try to avoid her. Taylor also swerved at the same time and caused a head-on collision. Taylor, a 9-year-old boy, a 7-year-old boy, and a 3-year-old girl all died in the crash. Police say that no one inside the car was wearing a seatbelt. Can we say on a suicide mission? Pretty much. Okay, I'll do another one. You talked me into it. I know I just said that, but anyway, we're getting there. Police say that a trucker hauling a house fled the scene after downing power lines and the power pole. In North Carolina, police are offering a cash reward for information leading to a truck driver involved in a hit-and-run incident on Monday morning. And this happened on the 14th. The incident occurred around Holly Ridge, North Carolina. Holly Ridge Police Department said that a white semi-truck was hauling a mobile home on U.S. Highway 17 near North Carolina 50 when the mobile home hit the power lines over the highway and snapped the power pole. Police say that debris fell on into the northbound lanes and the dark-colored pilot car following the semi witnessed this. However, neither one of them stopped. They're oh shit, let's get the hell out of here, which is not cool to do. You need to stop. A southbound SUV was reportedly damaged by the debris on Highway 17. They're offering a cash reward of up to $2,500 for useful information related to this incident. If you know anything... About this incident, please call Holly Ridge Police Department at 910-329-4076. And as of Tuesday, this last Tuesday, October 15th, trailers are banned from eastbound Teton Pass. Wyoming Department of Transportation has shut down Teton Pass for eastbound trailer traffic due to concerns over a runaway truck ramp. They, that all eastbound trailer traffic is forbidden from Teton Pass starting October 15th in both directions. They will close trailer traffic on November 15th and remain closed until April 1st. The ban is for semi-trucks and any other vehicle with a hitch trailer. Cars pulling another trailer, cars pulling an RV, canoes, horse trailers, motorcycle trailers, animal trailers. Yeah, our concerns lie mostly with the eastbound traffic on the east side of the pass, given the steep grade, topography, and accident history, says District Engineer Keith Compton. Wyoming DOT says that state troopers will be patrolling Teton Pass looking for violators of the seasonal trailer ban. Violators risk a $435 citation. So you better listen to Julia's Trucker Cafe. You listen to my show to stay in the know and so you don't get a full over $400 ticket. The eastbound closure is one month earlier than usual due to concerns over a runaway truck ramp that failed to fully stop a pickup truck hauling logs back in September. The ramp has been closed since. On the 30th of September, with the ramp closed, and I um, reported on this in my last episode, a truckload of potatoes crashed into the gravel shed there at Teton Pass. That crash was so violent that it ripped the cab off of the truck frame, a little backstory, and it sent it flying 100 feet into the air into the tree. 31-year-old truck driver Jackson 
Altima was hospitalized with significant injuries following the crash, along with cleaning out his bridges. The Wyoming Highway Patrol later said that Altima's truck was 17,000 pounds overweight at the time of the crash. Well, you think? No wonder his brakes failed. Duh. So, I greatly, greatly appreciate each and every one of my listeners that continually come back and listen to the show each week. If you are new to the cafe and you would like to check us out, at the bottom of every podcast episode on juliastruckercafe.com, I have links. Please also visit my page of where else you can find the podcast. And that has all the links. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, I am now on Pandora as well. So I will be supplying that link to that page too. Please like us on Facebook. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck and Cafe Regulars. Uh, on the website, I also share recipes and videos and much more. If you wouldn't mind, if you'd like to receive, instead of digging around for the show notes, you'd like to read the articles for yourself, please subscribe to my email list that you will see in the drop-down menu as soon as you go to the website. If you don't want to, that's, a, that's cool too. Just click on the little X in the lower right-hand corner or the no thanks. And if you do subscribe, I'll send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way you don't have to keep trying to dig a root around at the website. But like I said, I'm glad that you did. And if in the future, if I have new things coming out, which I'm working on new stuff, if you are on the email list, you will have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. Or if you want to shoot me an email, my email is info at juliestruckercafe.com. And you could go ahead and shoot me an email on any kind of show uh, idea or comment. I greatly appreciate it. I thank you again so much for listening. I have new things in the works that I'm constantly working on. Don't forget to like our um, Facebook page, subscribe to YouTube, and check out our cafe store as well. I mean, I got a lot of stuff going on on the website. All under the cafe menu. If you would like to support the show, you can go ahead and click on the link to my Patreon site, patreon.com slash Julius Trucking Cafe, uh, for a monthly donation or a one-time donation. You can click on the paypal.me slash Julius Trucking Cafe link. Thanks again so much for listening. Y'all stay safe out there and please keep the shiny side up. And until next time.